Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. The University of Iowa women's basketball team only has two more regular season games to be followed by what is sure to be a very exciting postseason. Caitlin Clark and her teammates have been electrifying crowds, packing arenas, and Clark herself has been smashing records. On February 15th, in a game against Michigan, Clark broke the NCAA women's basketball scoring record, and she's poised to break more records. And many people feel that this moment is bigger than Clark and her teammates. This may be a true turning point for women's basketball and women's sports in our culture. To start off this hour, Jan Jensen is on the line with me. She is associate head coach of the Hawkeye women's basketball team. Hello, Jan. Hey, how are you? Great. Congratulations on your win against Illinois. Thank you. It, it was a great one. It was awesome to be back home in front of our just amazing fans. And it, it I tell you what, we're living in a just a wonderful era and we're just so grateful to be a part of it. So thanks for having me on. This is a highlight charity. <laughs> well, I feel like it's like a, a career goal achieved. I'm, I'm beyond thrilled. So thanks for having me on. Well, likewise. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the moment yesterday, the reveal of the new decal on the floor marking <laughs> the spot where Caitlin Clark <laughs> shot from when she broke the record. I mean, it's so so cool to see that. On the floor, indelible. It really is. I think, um, you know, our administration has just been, I think, fantastic. I feel like, uh, you know, the moment we got Caitlin, uh, Lisa, and myself and our staff knew that she was a special player. And uh, we felt that there could be big things in store, but you certainly can't forecast, you know, uh, the rise of, you know, a generational talent like, like she was. But every step of the way from our head athletic direction to our social media campaigns to our marketing everybody uh, unsurprisingly has been in it with us and it's just such a amazing reflection isn't it charity of our community it, i mean when good things happen in this community whether it's your thing quote unquote or not if it's positive if it's exciting if it's shining a wonderful light uh, on our amazing community, people get bu- get behind it, and I think our administration has just done a, a great job. And and even that that sticker right <laughs> before the game, I mean, what what a great idea! And I know it meant a lot to to our staff and 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 team and everything, but certainly to Caitlin and her family. Now, you first saw Caitlin Clark play when she was in sixth grade? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, well, you're not um, out scouting sixth graders, are you, Jan? Well, you, I, I'm actually going to start going to nursery nursery school right. just to see if how they're throwing the rattle, perhaps, right. the little stuffed animals, if we like their form. <laughs> actually, it is getting younger and younger, but I may be out if that ever, ever becomes a thing, but... Uh, yeah, I heard about her in sixth grade. Um, my spouse has a great family uh, relatives that live in Des Moines, uh, John and Colleen Hurley. Uh, they are a Catholic uh, family. Their kids had gone to Dowling, and uh, he's a big Hawkeye, and he's dear, dear uh, to Julie and me. And he called me up. He said, hey, there's a, there's a really good kid that's coming up in the Dowling system. I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for her. 
Well, then when we saw her play in junior high, boy, um, you know, you could see she, she was special. So really started to see her play with her, her club team, uh, the All-Iowa Tech. And uh, you could just see that she, she had something that most everybody else did not. And it uh, started with her swagger, uh, but just the skill set she had, um, the ability to hit a step back three and her passing was, was pretty evident and you just knew that she she was going to be something special. So therein began a, a five-year path of, of, of recruiting. So uh, we're really, really blessed that it, it all worked out, and, and she chose the Hawks. Now, you've been with the Hawkeyes for 24 years. You have coached mm-hmm. so many incredible athletes in the past. Take a step back and look mm-hmm. at this moment. What do you feel makes mm-hmm. this moment different and, and so powerful? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think uh, Caitlin, I think if you've heard her interviewed, she realizes that, you know, she's, she's standing on a lot of shoulders uh, from all that have come before. I think uh, women, I, I believe, um, you know, arguably, I think we understand that uh, probably better than, than the guys do in some ways, because with women, it, it wasn't always so, right? Um, we had... Uh, Christine Grant that had, you know, such, man, a role to play in Title IX and how fortunate we were that she was here in this community, at this university, in this state. So we've we've been at the forefront. And, you know, even in our 24 years, um, you know, we came after Vivian Stringer, who, you know, she had great success. And when we were building it or rebuilding it here, Um, we began to have good crowds, but certainly not the crowds that we have now. But all of that doesn't happen overnight. You know, no progress ever does. So the combination of Caitlin happening to come out of high school right after the great Megan Gustafson, those that follow our program, she was a a great post player for us that graduated um, in 2019. She was the national player of the year before Caitlin became the national player of the year. So what Caitlin saw right, you know, across, you know, the state a couple hours, hey, hey, Iowa, they are, you know, they did have a couple sellouts. They did have a great player. You know, maybe I can do that too and take it up a notch, right? So we had a good foundation way back, started with Christine Grant. And then I think what we have been trying to build and then Caitlin could see a recent example. But then, then the combination of this new era of name, image, and likeness mixed with what Caitlin represents was the perfect timing for a generational talent to be at a university that loves its women's basketball in a state that loves its women's basketball and in a community that believes in women. So you put that all together, and then Caitlin takes about 16 steps back from the three-point line, (laughs) (laughs) and everybody starts to pay attention. And so it's been just this, uh, man, uh, eruption, right, of of just interest, of excitement, of debate, of hate, right, of love. And when you put that all in daily conversations – it it has turned into something, right? It's turned into a pretty uh, magical time. And uh, 
certainly, uh, as I said earlier, we're so grateful to be, you know, at the center of it. And uh, we're so proud of Caitlin. And I tell you, you know, she walks walks that line of carrying um, so much on her shoulders. I mean, she weathers it pretty doggone well. And uh, she delivers, you know, just about every night. So it's been a pretty, a pretty amazing ride. Well, and Caitlin Clark is not just a phenomenal athlete. She is not just a great shooter. She's a real team player. And I mean, I, I think we have to give you and Lisa Bluter some credit for that because that, that has been part of the ethos of this women's basketball team for a long time. But she's always giving credit for her teammates. She's always assisting. I mean, they're they're really playing as a team. And, and for such a superstar standout to also be such a team player, that seems like a, a really special attribute. It, you know, it, it really is. And I think, um, you know, we'd like to think, and thank you for your compliment, um, but, you know, Lisa's, you know, our program has been built on, you know, the fact that, you know, everyone does matter, right? And it's so, that's the interesting and the real challenging thing any coach does of any team certainly a team in sport because your team, you know, with, uh, you know, talk of Iowa, right. Everybody's making that thing move, but you don't really get tons of articles written. Like, did you win this broadcast today or did you lose it? If you lost it, what did you do wrong? What you, what could you do better? Right. It's not like on blast, right? Well, with sports, right. That's the beauty of it. When it's good, eh? you want everybody to know, Hey, did you read the paper? Yay. When you lose, like, uh, did your paper get lost? You know, <laughs> it's like, or the old school paper. Now we get it on, on, you know, our computers, but we work really hard to make sure the kids that never get the headlines feel valued. Right. And that I think is um, probably one thing that I enjoy the most. Uh, it's also the hardest is making sure that the kids that never get off the bench to play with Caitlin, that they feel like they're definitely a part of it. So we do work on that culture piece every day and you have to work on it even more so when you have, you know, this generational superstar talent and um, it, it doesn't come easy. Right. And I do think the teammates have, have had to give considerably because, you know, a lot of times, you know, they do defer, they need to defer because Caitlin, you know, is a superstar, but also, um, you know, they've, they've, you know, had to give up some of what they might have could have done. And Caitlin has also had to give, um, right. Because she's had to, you know, uh, you know, people aren't wired as, as she is right. She's very intense. She's very emotional. Um, you know, she's all of that. So everybody, when it works has to give and take, and um, I do think that Caitlin does a beautiful job of acknowledging that in, in her interviews, um, certainly making sure, you know, I think it's pretty clear, you know, she's not playing tennis, right? <laughs> it's a, there's got to be someone to pass to and they got to finish. Um, there's got to be other people to pass to her and she needs to make the, the shot. Um, so it's, it's a delicate balance always. But I, I think that the love and the genuine appreciation that these young women have for each other and they love playing for the University of Iowa. Um, I think that's been a wonderful combination um, it, to certainly help propel Caitlin, but, you know, to propel our, our overall program. But, it, you know, it is something that, that does take work. Um, I think anybody that's ever worked on any type of team, you know, we all know everybody's got different opinions and different ways of doing it. 
and on, you know, a creating of a sports team is, is certainly no, no different. Jan Jensen, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're incredibly busy <laughs> these days. Thank you well, I'm so honored. much. Well, thank you. Thank you for all you do for our state in every realm. We just, you're, you're just a rock star and we're, we're so appreciative and thanks for giving me this, this time. And thanks for all of our fans. We Absolutely. Well, we are watching and cheering into the postseason. Jan Jensen, associate head coach of the Hawkeye women's basketball team. In a moment, we will talk more about Caitlin Clark and about this moment in women's sports. We'd love to hear what it means to you. Give us a call, 866-780-9100 or email talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. This is Talk of Iowa. Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about the Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. This hour, we are talking about women's basketball, women's sports, and Caitlin Clark, who, of course, broke the NCAA women's scoring record on February 15th and is poised to break more records in the very near future. Now, even though she is undoubtedly a superstar, she gives credit to her teammates, well-deserved credit to her teammates. Here's a bit of Caitlin Clark speaking with a reporter after beating that NCAA record. It's pretty unreal. This crowd's unreal. I'm just really grateful, honestly, um, to be able to be here and like make so many of my dreams come true with so many amazing people that have supported me, whether it's my coaches, my teammates, my family. Um, I'm just, you know, filled with a lot of gratitude. Again, that's Caitlin Clark after breaking that NCAA record. And this hour, we are talking about Clark and women's sports in general. If you'd like to join the conversation, tell us what Clark means to you, what this moment means to you, and what do you think it means for the future? Give us a call at 866-780-9100 or send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. With me now is Jane Burns, a former Des Moines Register sports reporter, she is the author of the Substack, The Crossover, which covers girls and women's sports. Hello, Jane. Jane, can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Wonderful. You got me now? <laughs> yep. It well, is great to have you on the show. Yeah, good morning. It's 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 fun to be here and talk about like my favorite topic that more people want to talk about now, and that makes me very, very happy. It seems like all anybody wants to talk about <laughs> right now. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Also with us is Kathy Bresnahan, former head volleyball coach at West High School in Iowa City. She's also a public speaker and author of The Miracle Season. Kathy, welcome. Thank you, Charity, for having me. Hi, Jane. Hi, Kathy. So I, I want to talk about this moment in time. And Jane, you've been covering women's sports for a long time. What do you think makes this moment different? Um. Well, Jan could pr pretty much teach a class on it. She pretty much touched on all the points, but... I, you know, it is really the perfect time, the perfect place. A lot of things just made this moment what it is right now. But the one other thing that Jan didn't mention is social media. And it just really drives um, a lot of the interest, a lot of the, you know, Caitlin Clark has a very 
you know, for lack of a better way to say it, viral kind of game. Those those passes, those logo threes, those are the kinds of things you go to your phone and go, oh, you got to see this, you got to see this. And their 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 social media team at Iowa, their marketing teams in general, and other schools too, do a great job of of pushing these things out there. If you look at how many people are sharing these things on. Iowa's Facebook and and Twitter feeds the the numbers are in, are incredible and their team does a great job of creating the content and pushing it out there. I you know once upon a time I covered this stuff but I I could write the the greatest story in the world and I don't think it would get the kind of um buzz that their their team is able to create. Well, you know, I was thinking about Megan Gustafson when she was the standout star at Iowa. And there was a lot of that going on when when Megan was here. And we saw, you know, videos that would go viral. We saw kids doing her warm-ups and her exercises, you know, a lot of inspiration, which is very cool. But Jan mentioned the name image likeness changes. Do you feel like that is what has paved the way for, for Caitlin Clark to just rocket to everyone's attention? Absolutely. I mean, she's on a cereal box. She's on a State Farm commercial. You would not have seen that in college sports at all three years ago. And it just, I mean, I think she was kind of beloved in Iowa anyway, but I think that that helps push her nationally and has really kind of helped build this this national interest in what she's doing. Absolutely. Well, Kathy, as a, a lifelong athlete and coach, what are you thinking about in this I'm moment? just thinking if we're talking about the NIL and stuff. I think comparing Caitlin to Megan, Caitlin is more of a fiery personality. Megan was always smiling and very intense competitor. But Caitlin's personality is not something we've always valued from a female athlete. And I think it can be very polarizing. People are sometimes are uncomfortable with that. I think she's amazing and her, her attitude on the court. But I think that really drives social media. You know, I don't care what public Serena Williams was always a polarizing figure because of her passion on the court, and I think that drives the interest in Caitlin as well. Yeah, you know, and people and that want to see her seen, do well and people that want to see her fail. Right. We have seen criticism uh, of Caitlin Clark, but it, it's pretty exciting to see because overwhelming support. I think the criticism is is a much smaller sound that we hear at this moment. But it is exciting to see a woman who is unashamed of being a cutthroat competitor. Exactly. I mean, that is a coach who you want. And it's not always easy, the, the easiest person to coach. And and you don't want to rein them in. And uh, But boy, what, a, what an amazing opportunity for Jan and Lisa and this staff to have her on your team. You're never going to have a player like that again. And I, I just can't imagine what that feels like as a coach, what that would be like to coach somebody like that. Absolutely. Well, we want to hear your thoughts as well. We know a lot of fans are. Caitlin Clark just means a lot to a lot of people right now. We have a, a message from Shannon in Iowa City who says, for me, a lifelong Hawkeye fan growing up watching the men play and being a female athlete in high school, it means so much to me that my young sports obsessed school aged son is as excited about these women athletes as the football players he can name up and down in history, college and pro. It makes me tear up to think about how they are as respected and idolized by him and his friends as any male athlete, I choke up thinking about it. We have a language to speak together, one rooted in a shared joy and centered on the mastery of women athletes. 
If you have something to share, we'd love to hear from you. 866-780-9100. 866-780-9100. Or send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. And I mean, both of you have a have a long history of, of watching women's sports, participating in women's sports. Jane, take me back in time because you've been covering women's sports for a long time. How have you seen sort of the ebb and flow of interest? It's it, Iowa is a unique place for that. And here's a bit of trivia for you going way back in time. Kathy and I played high school sports against each other you up did. in Wisconsin. Yes. <laughs> we discovered that once upon a time when, when I was covering high school volleyball. And um, but when I think of coverage, I mean, not to make this about me, but one of the best examples I can think of is I grew up in Wisconsin and there was no coverage in the 1970s of girls and women's sports. We didn't even have a high school girls basketball tournament until like 1976. And then I went to college at Drake. And unbeknownst to me, Drake was one of the best women's basketball teams in the country. I had no idea. Absolutely no idea. And they were on, you know, in in the paper. Girls and women were in the paper in the 1980s in the Des Moines Register as much as the boys and the men were. And my head nearly exploded. I had no idea. So the Register was always very good in that coverage. And in the 1990s, I think a lot of other papers in the country decided you know, that's a whole new audience we could be reaching. Let's cover women's sports a little bit better, too. And nationally, they started doing that a a bit more, Um, paying their reporters to go to the women's Final Four. Um, I even covered both the Division Three and the Division One College Softball World Series, which is crazy to think of now. I mean, like, like I got in a plane and I traveled there. Um, And so I think that there was a real interest, certainly around like the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta um, and the U.S. women's uh, national team in soccer in the 90s. These all really helped build this moment for women's sports. There really was decent coverage there. But then I think a confluence of of events kind of came together in 2000. You know, digital came along. But at the same time, there were a lot of media layoffs and a lot of sports writers got laid off and these sports staff shrunk. So anything that wasn't a major sport just didn't get covered as well. So I think coverage kind of flatlined. And as digital sports or digital channels and media, all these other channels came along, women's, not just women's, but a lot of minor sports kind of got siloed into their own, you know, websites or obscure channels, which I think hurt them in the long run. But now it is it is paying off because that helped um, create a really uh, fervent, fervent fan base for these sports, and it's kind of circled back. And now these these things are on on more major network media now. Well, and there are obviously the Hawkeyes are not the only team in the state. They are not the only team in the nation. That can be hard to remember at times, I'm sure. But I mean, I, I think about the Iowa State University women's basketball program, which has had a really strong following for a long time. But it, it feels like more of a almost a local thing. What do you What do you think about that, Jane? Um, well, UConn has been, you know, drawing for a long time. The I think, behemoth, yes. <laughs> yes, the behemoth and Tennessee. Um, it has had their local pockets, yes. I think each individual um, place has had. Texas years ago had great um, fan following. Ohio State has been really strong for a long time. So it kind of ebbs and, ebbs and flows, I think, more the success of a team 
Um, I know other teams are are selling out. Uh, Yale, no, excuse me, Harvard. When was it? Princeton and Columbia sold out. You know, an Ivy League game over the weekend. I think um, Colorado and Virginia Tech have been selling out. You know, in addition to some of the behemoths of our time. Um, so I think the fact that people more nationally are are tuning into what Iowa is doing, just a general love for the game of women's basketball or volleyball or softball or gymnastics. I think that's that's more that's new. That's newer anyway. It's like a passion for the game itself as opposed to just your individual team. What do you think, Kathy? I mean, uh, you've observed this. <laughs> you've been part of it. I mean, do you feel like there is a, a wider movement? People are starting to have, and I know that people have been starting to have more respect for women's sports for a long time, but it just has felt like a, a slow build. Do you feel like this is a watershed moment? Yeah, I really do. And I, Jane pointed out some great historical perspectives and and female sports weren't valued. They were they were the second tier. And now you have these players coming in for basketball, let's say, like Caitlin. And now she's drawing this attention and everybody wants to watch. It's a national audience now and not a local audience, especially for her and her teammates. And it's just a, just warms my heart to watch that, you know, because I can remember, you know, when Jane was the only reporter in the gym. Right, and and you had your three-inch byline, and and um, it it just is mind-boggling to me to see this kind of press and this kind of notoriety for the University of Iowa, and and and, and transcending not just female little girls wanting to be basketball players. It's affecting a lot of girls out there that see Caitlin's success. Right, and. And we don't just see little girls idolizing Caitlin Clark. We see little boys idolizing Caitlin Clark, and too. And 65-year-old women idolizing right. Caitlin Clark. <laughs> a whole lot of those, for sure. But it, it is, it's really fun to see this moment because we've seen that the other way. You know, male superstars have always inspired boys and girls. But we don't see it as often where there's a woman who inspires boys and girls. That That's pretty incredible to see. Right. And it's not, I mean, you're seeing it with many of the female basketball players around the nation. There's some really good talent right now. Um, and it, it just is breaking barriers that you see Caitlin uh, affecting, you know, being influential to little boys and little girls and wanting to be like her. And it's just a... A proud moment to be from Iowa. You know, you watch this and you think, wait, she's ours. You know, there's almost ownership. It's like, yeah, you guys can say that. No, she's Iowa. Nicholas sent us a message from Cedar Rapids. He says, when I was a kid, the NBA wasn't as popular as it is today. And most games were pre-recorded and not shown live. When Larry Bird and Magic Johnson started doing their thing, that was the catalyst for what the game is today. People started watching it and demanding that it be shown live. The WNBA is in the same situation the NBA was years ago. And I truly believe that Caitlin has the talents to be what Bird and Johnson were to the game. Um, so that that's an interesting question. And, and I'm going to go back to Megan Gustafson, who was, you know, such a superstar at the University of Iowa, went to the WNBA. And, you know, WNBA crowds, WNBA attention is not the same as what it is for these outstanding college basketball teams. And Jane, do you think that, that Caitlin Clark going to the WNBA, if and when that happens, um, is are we going to carry this attention along with her? 
I think so, but I also don't think it's it's just her. Just the as as Kathy mentioned, the breadth of talent right now is so good, um, and the crowds have been pretty good for for the WNBA. Um, if if you watch them on TV, you do see pretty good and sort of kind of like college basketball, very young crowd too, which is kind of fun to see. Um, but I think it will it will carry over. Um, She's going to have a lot of fans, certainly early on in her career, that, you know, the Iowa fans travel everywhere. They'd probably, you know, 10,000 of them would jump in the car and drive to Phoenix if she ended up playing there, probably. But um, long term, that's not going to continue. It's got to be the game. And it'll be really exciting to see how she meshes with teammates. I'm really excited to see world-class players on the receiving end of those passes and if that continues into the NBA I th- or WNBA, people are, are going to get really excited about it again. And they, as they are now, they've got a good fan base. I, I want to play another clip of, of Caitlin Clark. This is a memorable interview moment from February of last year when Clark shared what goes through her head after the ball leaves her fingertips. The Hawkeyes had just won against Indiana with Clark throwing a game-winning three-pointer as the game expired. What's going through your head? Uh, you know, honestly, I thought it was money. So when, when I saw it go through the rim, um, I was excited. But, you know, when I'm in here working by myself, those are the situations you put yourself in. Um, and to be able to do it for this team on senior day against the number two team in the country, you know, it meant a lot. So it's for our seniors more than anything. <laughs> that goes back to the charisma that you were talking to or talking about earlier, Kathy. I mean, she she gets people excited, not just with her playing, but with her personality. She's just a huge personality. I mean, that's a, a media person's dream is Caitlin Clark. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a short break. I'm going to read a couple more comments here. Brent says, uh, watching Caitlin and the Hawks play has provided me with wonderful moments to bond with my children. I've had two season tickets for a while now, and I get to take a different child to each game. During the final four last year, I was with my two boys cheering them on and then went crazy when they beat South Carolina. Caitlin herself is so is such a role model to not only girls, but boys, too. I've never seen in my life boys talk so much about a female athlete before. She's an absolute Iowa gem. We've been truly best to ha- blessed to have her in our own backyard, and she has revolutionized women's basketball. Uh, we are going to take a short break. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts, your feelings, as we talk more about Caitlin Clark and this moment. We're going to go out here with a, a song suggested by Caitlin Caitlin Clark, because when she asked, when she was asked what she warms up to, she said she likes to keep it slow as she's already full of energy ahead of the game. She said she usually listens to country music, specifically shouting out Luke Combs. So here's his cover of Fast Car. We'll be back in a moment. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at UpstreamFM.com. 
It's Talk of Iowa from IPR News. I'm Charity Nebbe. This hour we are talking about women's basketball, women's sports, and Caitlin Clark. And you are welcome to join the conversation. Give us a call, 866-780-9100. Send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. With me this hour, Kathy Bresnahan, former head volleyball coach at West High School in Iowa City. She's a public speaker and author of The Miracle Season. Jane Burns is here, former registrar sports reporter. She created the Substack The Crossover and covers girls and women's sports. And again, you can join us 866-780-9100 or send email to talkofiowa at iowapublicradio.org. And Kathy, you know, we, we were spending a lot of time talking about Caitlin Clark and her leadership skills. I mean, and she really, she makes this effort to make sure that her teammates get credit for all of the incredible work that they do. And I know that leadership on the court, any kind of court, is something that, that you've spent a lot of time thinking about, writing about, and and speaking about. What do you see there? I, I love her leadership skills. And when I go out and speak to groups, I don't care if it's adults or kids, a great leader makes the people around them feel valued makes them feel seen and makes them feel included, you know, and and uh, Caitlin does that. I think she, from her passing on the court, I mean, which I've never seen anybody pass the ball as well as she does, but always deferring credit to her teammates in the interviews. And, and I can't, I mean, she's got to be so intense at practice. I can't even imagine, but then I bet she's the first one, that turns around and gives you a pat on the back. I mean, she's going to be the first one probably to tell you what you did wrong, and let's pick up our intensity. But I bet she's the first one to put her arm around you and say, hey, great practice today. And I love that about her. We have an email from Julie in Iowa City who says, I'm lucky enough to sit close to the bench and not only witness great basketball at Iowa, but I watched the interaction between the girls on the team. Yesterday, when Gabby came off the floor when she was hurt, I witnessed her coaches put a loving hand on her and so many of her teammates. Just giving a loving touch, it really warmed my heart. These girls and coaches really care for one another, and it translates into the way they play. But it can't be easy to be in the shadow of Caitlin Clark. I know you you keep your eye on the bench, Kathy. What are you, what do you think? What do you see? You know, I I think the secret to coaching and success is your 15th player on the bench better feels invested as your superstar. You know, cuz there's nothing worse than people on the bench or maybe the lower people in a company not being happy. That's just a cancerous process that permeates the entire team and I think the culture at Iowa basketball is all inclusive and it's about love and it's about support. And it's just in a, from a coaching perspective, I love watching how the coaches treat their players and what their expectations. Just when we see little clips on TV of their practices, mm-hmm. you know, what do you like about charity other than basketball? I love those kind of things that they're doing with their players. Yeah. Let's go to the phones, 866-780-9100. Jeff is on the line in Solon. Hi, Jeff. Jeff, are you there? I, uh, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to call in. I can't add. Um, Kathy has said it all so eloquently already, but I uh, just wanted to state how much it's meant to us as a family. We go to all the games, and we've been going for a while now, but I can't get through the intros anymore at Carver without just getting overcome with emotion when she lifts her arms up and Carver just goes crazy. It's uh, She's a role model for our daughters, for sure, and young boys too, but also for me and my wife every game where 
dressed to the nines in our latest Raygun shirts or Nike or whatever the case may be, but you can't take your eyes off of her. Just the, the panache and the skill and the countless hours that she's put in, I feel like that's all really good lessons for our daughters to see. But that's all I had. Yeah, Jeff, thank you so much for calling and sharing. And I, just the emotion in his voice also speaks to what this moment means for so many. Uh, Jill writes, she says, I love Caitlin and her fire. However, if she were a black athlete, she'd be criticized and not celebrated in the same manner. Let's talk about how Angel Reese was treated when she trash-talked in the championship game. Caitlin handled that moment with such grace. A majority of people watching the game reacted with bias and racism. You mentioned Serena in your comments. She was treated badly as a black woman. This remains the reality. Jane, I mean, there there was a lot of ugly, ugly stuff after that championship game, and Caitlin did handle the situation well. We also saw Angel Reese just recently congratulate Caitlin on setting her record in a really beautiful way. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, and there, I think there definitely was a double standard. Um, I think... <laughs> Female athletes in general are, I think, used to dealing with a double standard in, in some way. Yeah, that way may or... have been a triple standard, right? <laughs> and um, but and that is something that is going to carry. I think that that's it's it's beyond the final four. I think you're going to get a lot of those kinds of comments, even as she goes, you know, into the pros. I think you get a sense of that um, with the marketing of the WNBA in particular. In in general, people have some thoughts about how you know, players are kind of marketed, the white players versus the black players. It's it's a good conversation to be having. Um, the unfortunate thing is it's not Angel Reese's fault and it's not Caitlin Clark's fault. They're just doing what they do and playing what they play. And this debate swirls around them because of the culture that we that we live in. But it is it's it's out there. It's it's a um, and it, it's kind of too bad if it's pointed at the players themselves. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it feels like an important conversation to have as as ugly as things were, especially online after that championship game. I was also happy to see some people calling it out and having that conversation and hopefully making people question themselves and, and their bias. Because, of course, if you're a Hawkeye fan, it's uh, it's sort of ingrained in you to criticize the other team. But but also hopefully some people had some thoughts. Maybe maybe I'm being a little overly optimistic there, Jane. But it, no, I think it's important that anytime you're criticizing something, it's like, what are you criticizing and why? Are you doing this because this is your player or is there something else at work? We have a message from Julie in Iowa City. She says, basketball was my first love. I grew up in the South and went to a school where they did not allow girls basketball because of the misogynistic views of the principal and superintendent. I tried out for the boys team every year, and despite clearly being capable enough to make the team, they never let me on. They didn't want to have to deal with the fallout, so I played volleyball instead. I went to college on a volleyball scholarship but got the opportunity to walk on for basketball and was finally able to live a bit of my dream. However, I always knew that it could have been more missed dreams and opportunities when I walked into Carver Hawkeye Arena last season for the Indiana game I cried it was finally a validation for all those years of hard work no recognition taking the backseat to men's programs and putting up with all of the BS gender bias 
my whole athletic career. Thank you to Caitlin, the team, and coaching staff from the bottom of my heart. It seems so much to me, or it means so much to me, that it's hard to fully express in words. And, you know, it it hasn't been very long that, that women have been allowed to play and that women have been allowed to play hard. I mean, this is just a generation, really, or two generations from um, a huge sea change in our culture. What are your thoughts on that, Kathy? Well, I'm just thinking, you know, we've played because we love the game. And I was fiercely competitive. I mean, I would push my mom down to win a race still, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, but we played because we love competition. We love the game. Now they're playing for so much more. They're playing for millions of dollars, which, you know, is just unfathomable to me um, that you can, you know, if you're making more than a teacher, that's a lot of money to me. And uh, I, I, th- I think it's great, you know, and I, I know exactly what that, that person was talking about because I've had tears many times watching this team perform and the leaps and, and strides, I mean, the new – my gosh, you're out of the stratosphere, the, the amount of attention that women's sports are getting now. Yeah. Well, and of course, Title IX was just not very long ago. And uh, Jan Jensen mentioned Christine Grant, who, who really fought for Title IX to be implemented uh, and so that women would have equal opportunity in sports. And we know that in a lot of ways, women still don't have equal opportunity in sports. But it's pretty great to see Gen Z being able to take for granted the opportunities that they do have. Exactly. It's, it's, it's just heartwarming to watch all this happening in, in our lifetime. Uh, Jane, is there anything you want to add to that? Um, just, just one thing. It's, it's an interesting thing because the, you, know, you, you often hear how Iowa, many teams play this, not just Iowa, that they're playing for something more. They're playing for something bigger. Um, and that's great. That's fabulous. And but I've also talked to coaches sometime who talk about how that's kind of it, you know it's a it's sort of a blessing and a curse. It's nice that they understand their history and that they're playing for something more. But sometimes they kind of wish their kids could just play. Yeah. Um, and maybe we're getting to that point. I'm enough of a history geek that I think everybody should know their history always. But sometimes you just play, as Kathy said, because you love the game, plain and simple. Let's go back to the phones. Rocky is on the line in Cedar Rapids. Hi, Rocky. Hello, how are you doing, Charity? Good. What's your story? Well, I'm a 50-year-old man, and it's pretty incredible um, what's going on in the state with women's basketball because my generation is used to growing up watching Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird. I mean, we were all NBA, all men's basketball all the time. And so last year, my wife's like, hey, we got to go see this girl play basketball at Iowa. My wife works at Iowa, and I was like, are you kidding me, women's basketball? You know, I don't pay attention to any basketball anymore, really. And we went down there, brought my nieces down there, and it's just like taken off from there. And my addiction to women's basketball and my wife's has just gone crazy. And our schedule revolves around it. And I travel around the state, and it's amazing as I travel around the state how many people, when you're at a bar, a restaurant, I mean, everybody can name all of the Iowa women's basketball players who are starters pretty much like you're sitting around, there's a bunch of 70-year-old guys sitting there, and you're hearing them talk about, well, that Gabby Marshall or that Caitlin Clark or that Katie Martin or, you know, that Hannah Stolke. And I'm just – I'm in awe of how um, much exposure it's given and the excitement. And um, it's just really incredible how much camaraderie I think it's brought to all the state. Um, 
And uh, there's just nothing like watching Iowa basketball right now. It's probably one of the greatest things I've watched in my lifetime besides watching Michael Jordan play probably in the 80s. Well, Rocky, thank you so much for the call. I know a lot of people feel that way. Uh, Magic Johnson on Twitter said, or X, formerly known as Twitter, said, among other things, what makes Caitlin's 40-point triple-double so special is the fact that many players never had one. Not me, not Michael Jordan or Larry Bird. So she's just done incredible things. It's also so incredibly special that she chose to play in Iowa, Jane. I mean, that she could have gone anywhere. She would have been a superstar anywhere, and she's ours. I mean, this is a big deal. I think that's that's part of the the rabid fandom in Iowa is that she's ours. You know, I mean, that's what people are thinking. Um, you know, would this have been the same if she had been from, you know, Baton Rouge? I think eventually, but I think that is part of the equation. It's It just adds up to um, sort of hometown pride, I guess, home state pride in a place that does not have professional sports. I mean, this is, that's the top of the top of the heap here. And it's, it's a huge deal. Kathy, you spent your whole career inspiring young women and giving them the opportunity to play and coaching them to be the best versions of themselves that they could be on the court and off the court. Let's think about the young people who are watching Caitlin Clark and her teammates right now. What do you think that means for the future? Hope. I mean, it really is. It's it's hope. And, they, you know, the stars in their eyes when they look at her and her taking off her shoes. I mean, not only they've seen a superstar, they're seeing someone who's kind. And she reaches out to the people that little kids that nobody else sees. And I that is just so heartwarming. I mean, I hope that's a lesson they're taking that she's taking the time. She's being kind when she has so many other things to be doing. And um, I can't. I I just think her influence is going to be felt for generations beyond our generation. Well, and we know we have incredible athletes coming up. Uh, Jacob in Iowa City writes, he says, I think Caitlin Clark is inspiring other young girls and boys to emulate the aspects of her game that make her so unique. The ball handling, the deep shots, precision passing, fierce competitiveness. I believe Caitlin is spearheading a new era of women's basketball. Freshman Juju Williams from USC seems poised to take this torch next. Uh, Jane, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of young athletes... Are, are not only inspired to play, but inspired to work harder, inspired to take some risks that, that maybe they didn't think they could take. Do you feel like this is going to change how people play as as they come up in the system? I think there must be like all sorts of like sixth and seventh grade kids who are launching shots from just inside the half court line and like driving their coaches crazy. So. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. <laughs> but beyond that, the way that she passes, I think, could have a really good influence. I think if if kids can see that making your teammates look better looks really cool, you know, beyond the logo threes, just those those assists. And to start watching that in other other teams and maybe you want to be the person who makes that cool pass that you know, gets right into your teammates' hands and, and you can celebrate together. I think that could be a really important aspect of of the game that Caitlin and others like her who are really good point guards could um, that could be part of their legacy as well.
Do you think that this is just a moment for women's basketball or do you think that it will resonate beyond basketball and, and we will see a different kind of attention paid to other women's sports? Um, I think we're already there, actually. You know, Nebraska had that volleyball match with 90,000 people at it this fall. And that was before any of this was going on with Iowa. Um, gymnastics has down in over in Utah has been, oh, my gosh, they've been leading the nation for about 30 years. They've, you know, tens of thousands of people going to to that. And now a lot of that stuff is ending up on network TV. Um, and this is college gymnastics, not Olympic gymnastics. Um it's 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 a moment for women's sports in general, um, and that's really cool to see. I think this is part of a of a continuum. I think it's part of what's going on with women's sports in general. It's a piece of the puzzle. I mean, it's a very, it's probably the one getting the most attention right now, and it's you know it's got the highlight reels and stuff. But it is part of a bigger picture. Um, this is this is not a you know she's not living on an island here. This is this is part of a bigger story. We are out of time, but Jane Burns, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much. It's been fun. And Kathy Bresnahan, thank you so much. It's been kind of fun. (laughs) Jane took up too much time. I love the competitive spirit. I think we're all winners here. Kathy Bresnahan, former head volleyball coach at West High School in Iowa City. She's a public speaker and author of The Miracle Season. Jane Burns, former Des Moines Register sports reporter and creator of The Substack, The Crossover. She covers girls and women's sports. Talk of Iowa is a production of IPR News. Our producers are Danny Gear, Caitlin Troutman, and Samantha McIntosh. We get assistance from Maddie Willis. I'm Charity Nebbe.